decree and God agrees. I am a soul winner. I am a contagious Christian. I positively, everyone, um, I am a disciple maker. God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church influences Sadek. God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church fulfills her calling for this season. God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church has all the resources to meet the community's needs. We receive God's favor and man's favor. We have compassion and care for the needy. Constant prayer is our lifestyle. We bear much fruit. We are givers. We heartily worship God with our possessions. Christ's redemptive purpose is accomplished in Sadek. We see a thousand churches established in our lifetime. Sadek, the Lord God is your God. You belong to God. I Fangedi, in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you right now for your word this evening. We thank you that God, your word is able to bring life. It is bringing life unto our spirit, soul, and bodies. In the name of Jesus Christ. We believe, mighty God, that even as we receive your word this evening, that you minister unto us. Lord, we believe that faith will rise up in every heart and that fear, doubt, and confusion will go. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord. And Lord, I promise to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for all that you will do and accomplish through your word this day. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Tend to somebody, shake their hands, tell them, I am the highly favored of the law. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, tonight, we are continuing on our subject, the way it works. Amen? The way it works. Uh, this is part three uh, tonight, you know, that the way it works. Hallelujah. Now, next year, this year our theme has been what? Victory. You know, victory. Victory in different areas of our lives. Now, next year, you want to know what, what the theme is? Next year's, uh, next year's theme is overflow. Wow. Hallelujah. Overflow. We are moving into the overflow. You know, when you have a cup and you pour water, it comes to the brim, right? And you keep on pouring until it overflows. I believe that the blessings of God next year are in the overflow. That you are not just having enough, you know, but you are working in the overflow. Amen. You know, I believe that your health is in the overflow. Amen. Your provision is in the overflow. Amen. The anointing of God upon your life is in the overflow. Amen. I believe that the wisdom of God is in the overflow. Amen. 
you know, that you are living in the overflow. Amen. I believe that. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Uh, do you believe that? Amen. You're in the overflow. Amen. You are untouchable Amen. because you are in the overflow. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So 2023 is the year of the overflow. I'm excited already. Yeah. I mean, we have seen victories in many areas in our lives. 2022, the fact that you are here, God has given you victory. You know, victory in, in, in different areas that, that uh, we, you know, that we saw God coming through. Amen. I mean, uh, I, I hear and I listen to testimonies, you know, of people testifying of how God came through for them. And, you know, uh, it's important. Like when we have a theme, you know, we are all focusing our attention on there. Our faith is on there, you know. And because our faith is on there, then uh, it happens. Hallelujah. And so, even as we are believing God for the overflow, uh, you know, next year, our faith is on the overflow. Yeah. And so, uh, if, if somebody says, ah, you know, what's this thing? Success, success, you know, and uh, I mean, victory, victory, victory. You know, what's this? You see, if you don't believe it, you'll only see it with your eyes, but you'll never partake of it. So we have to believe it, embrace it, you know, so that it should be part of our lives. Aren't you tired of just having enough? Eh? Just having enough? In, hey, man. Yeah? We want the overflow. Yeah, we no longer want, you know, just enough. Just enough money to survive. Eh? You know, enough health. Got enough healing just to keep me out of hospital. But the pain is still there. No. Just enough, everything just enough. Hi, we don't want just enough. We want to move in the overflow. Eh? Just enough money to. Uh, build one church. No. We want, we want the overdrive, overflow, the supercharger. Yeah. yeah. So we don't just want, you know, just enough. We are moving into the overflow. So we are stretching our faith for the overflow. Amen? Next year, the overflow. Hallelujah. That's our portion next year. Amen. Praise God. Well, we thank God. Have you found Matthew 8 yet? You thought that I forgot what I was, you know. Matthew 8, we're talking about the word works. 
Now, from verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him. Now, what is a centurion? A centurion is a Roman leader. You see, during this time of the New Testament, uh, the whole of Palestine and a lot of places around the Mediterranean Sea was under the rule of Rome. So Caesar was the king over the whole area. Now Caesar can't be everywhere. So what happens? They divided the area into sections. Yeah. And so there would be rulers over different sections. Now, also in the areas, you know, in the cities, Caesar would put a centurion. It's more like the leader of soldiers because they were, they were having their Roman soldiers everywhere. You know. So the captain of the rulers, we're told that it's about 50 soldiers. Now that's a centurion. So he's not a Jew, he's a Roman. He's not necessarily a Jew, but he's a Roman. Yeah. And so they would then, you know, uh, be in charge. So now, bear this in mind. This is somebody who is not a Jew. This is somebody who does not follow a Jewish culture. You know, but he has heard of Jesus. Now we have centurion like Cornelius. You know, they loved God. They were following God, uh, and then they were always helping, giving. So we had bad centurions. We had good centurions. Yeah. So this is one of those good centurions. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Cornelius. So we have this one. When Jesus came to the city of Capernaum. Now, last week we read about a leader, a, a noble man. You know, it's not a centurion. It's just a leader in society, most probably a Jewish leader. You know, who came to Jesus? Where was Jesus? You forgot. So we have to now... I have now to start preaching that again. <laughs> Where was Jesus? In Jobek. <laughs> eh? See, now I give out, I give out pure milk of the word. And then, Luna, you get sour milk. Eh? Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus was in Cana, where he turned water into wine. Uh -huh. And so where was the, the noble man coming from? Bella, Bella. <laughs> I'm telling you. 
Oh, Jesus was coming from Jobek. He was in Pulukwan. He came to Pulukwan. And this man was from Bilavila. <laughs> this church, I am telling you, uh, this church is, is somehow... Uh, <laughs> it's overflowing. <laughs> this kind of overflow... <laughs> I imagine you at work, and then they say, it's your time to share. And then you open a scripture and say, when Jesus was coming from Johannesburg, you yeah. <laughs> say, this kind of gospel. I <laughs> All right. Uh, so we said, okay. Jobek was our was an example of what? Eh? Jobek was an example of what? Of Judah, of Jerusalem. It's in the south. Yeah. And so Kana was uh, the example, Kana in the area. It's in the north. Was an example of what? Pulukwan, that we said. And then we said, Bila uh, somewhere halfway. What's the city? What's the place that we talked about? Kapanaum, around the lake, right? So Jesus was in Kana. So here, now we're talking about the story in John chapter 4, right? Now today, we are reading in Matthew chapter 8. And then Jesus had entered what? Capernaum. So from here, do we see that it's not the same story? Eh? Is this mic working? So Jesus now entered Capernaum. And uh, a centurion came forward to him. Last week, we never read about the centurion. Last week, we were reading about a noble man. So it's a different story here. Yeah. And so a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him. You know, he was asking him. So the following verse, this is what he asked. Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. So last week, who was sick? The son was sick. And what was the son suffering from? High fever. So here it's not the son. It's a servant. And what is he suffering from? It's paralyzed, suffering terribly. So do you see that it's two different stories? Now, it's amazing that this man has come to Jesus for help of a servant, not a son. 
that he has come to, that Jesus would come and, you know, uh, help a paralyzed servant. So maybe as he was waking, he tripped, he fell, and the bag, you know, got broken, and now he was paralyzed. I don't know. I'm just imagining that uh, maybe that's what happened. So, but now he's paralyzed, and uh, so that was verse six, suffering terribly, and verse seven, and he said to him. So Jesus says to the centurion, "What does he tell him? I will come and heal him." Now, last week, what was the response of Jesus? Go. Your son will live. So here, Jesus says, I will come and heal him. And so, probably the noble man, when Jesus said that, go, your son will live, Probably he took it that this man is a Jew and probably he, he believes in God. And so maybe a level of faith is high. You know. And so, but here, Jesus knows this is a centurion. This is a non-Jew. You know, uh, they believe in many other gods. And so the best thing for me is to go to that place and pray for the seven. And so Jesus says, I will come and heal him. But look at what happens here. Verse 8, but the centurion, so here is the centurion. The centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only what? Say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, when uh, this centurion said that I am not worthy that you would come under my roof, he was not a Jew. And probably he interacted with Jews, and then he knew that Jews never went to the non-Jews' houses. They would be defiled. They were not going uh, to their houses. So probably the centurion thought that, Jesus, you are a Jew. You can't come, and uh, you can't defile yourself and come into my, under my roof. Yeah. But the only thing that I can ask you is that only say the word and my servant will be here. Yeah. Now, I want you to see one thing here that last week we talked about it is Jesus who said your son will leave. It was coming from the mouth 
of Jesus. But here, it is not Jesus. But it is the one who is requesting for assistance. He says, only say the word, and my servant will be here. So we see here that the centurion believes in the word that Jesus could say, could speak. And the centurion believes that when you speak that word, my servant will be healed. And so, now, what, what is this saying? You know, some people are saying that, you know, if Jesus could touch me, or if Jesus could lay hands upon me, I know that I will be healed. If Jesus could maybe speak a word, I know that my servant will be healed, or I will be healed, or I will be delivered, or whatever the situation may be. But we see here that the request and the faith is coming from the centurion, from the one who needs prayer. So meaning that any person can put a demand on the anointing. You can put a demand on the anointing. You don't want, you don't uh, wait for the anointing to start working. But you can activate the anointing by your faith. Are you following? You remember the woman with the issue of blood? Yeah. The woman with the issue of blood said to herself, if only I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And she had suffered for many years going to the doctors and uh, she could not, she was never healed. You know, but she had faith that if only I touch the, the hem of his garment, I know that I will be healed. Yeah. And when she did that, Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? Jesus was not praying for, for her. You know, but Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? And when Peter said that, but Jesus, everybody is strong in the crowds are thronging against you. Yeah, and you say, who touched me? Jesus continued. He yeah, says, for I fell power living out of me. You see, you can sense the anointing. You know, the anointing. You know, at, at times when I pray, I lay my hands upon people, I sense the power, the anointing. And I know, you know, uh, the, the power working. And at times, we pray for a, a, a people, you know, you don't sense the power. Yeah, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and so, but we don't walk by sense. We walk by faith. Yeah. So in that instant, 
I tell people, whether I, I felt it or not, tell people to keep their faith up. But, you know, where I sense the power working, I know it's, most of the time it's more like an instant healing, you know, happening at that time, yeah. and so forth, or change happening at that time. And so, uh, but it's good to sense power, you know, and the power working. But now, what I'm getting at, at the woman with the issue of blood, it was her faith that activated power, you know, that brought in that power. And the power worked because the woman stretched her faith out to Jesus. Yeah. So in the same way, we can stretch our faith yeah, and say, I believe, I believe this, I believe that. You know, stretch our faith out. And we believe that, you know, God, I mean, the power will come and will work in our lives. Hallelujah. And when I talk about power and I talk about, you know, all of that, it's not having drama. Eh? Drama, it's not what really works. You know when there is power. You know when there is anointing can sense the anointing moving. Yeah. And so it's not about, you know, power. And so it's just, uh, you know, this is what is happening. And use your faith. Yeah. And faith, faith connects to the anointing. And so look at this. The, the man said, the centurion said that, but only say the word. And my seven will be healed. Now, what was the response of Jesus? Now, before, before that, the, the, he, now the man here explained why he's saying that. He says, for I too. Two means what? As well. You know, in other words, he is acknowledging that Jesus, you are what I'm going to talk about. That I am also in the same position. Yeah. And so he says, for I too am a, a man under authority. Yeah. So he is under authority with soldiers under me. I told you what a centurion is, you know, a leader of soldiers. So he's saying, I am re I'm, I'm ruling, a, I am a commander over soldiers, with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. He says, that's how, you know, I give command. Because I have authority. You know. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. You know. He says, that shows I am a man of, of authority. I have people serving me. You know. When Jesus had this, he 
he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such, such what? Such faith. Isn't it amazing? It doesn't say such authority, but it says such faith. Yeah. So the man was showing faith. Yeah, it says, in Israel, in the whole of Israel, I haven't found, you know, uh, such faith. Faith that puts a, a demand on the anointing. Faith that understands authority. You know, faith that understands uh, the power of command. He says, I haven't found such faith. Yeah. Now, this man understood. Uh, there is a little short left here. You know, this man understood understood something, understood uh, how authority works. Yeah. And now he says, if authority works this way, it's going to work by just giving the weight. Now, here comes the short left. The short left is at times you know, when you move out of sphere of, you know, should I say church sphere, and then into the world, you gather some, some things there that they can help you to understand the, uh, uh, how the kingdom works. And that is why Jesus taught with parables. He was taking the concept of the world and explaining how the word works by using the concept of the world. So at times, you know, maybe when somebody comes and says, I'm called of God and, you know, I want to go into ministry, you know, the best thing that that person can do, can have, is to at least have some time to work out there. You, you, you know, uh, I got, you know, a call to be in ministry, and, uh, and when I went to Bible college in the evenings, I got a job. And I was working at Standard Bank, as you know. You know so for two years, uh, plus two years plus, that I work at Standard Bank, I gained concept that I, I even helping me in ministry today. I learned some things, you know, that are helping me in ministry today. And so it is a blessing to be out there, you know, and then over again about to buy the nganga, you know, but to buy, you know, but to vurvaya, you know, but to buy, it's good for you. 
Are you with me? Don't wish them away. It's good for you. Yeah. That you learn to live a Christian life out there among the West people. Yeah. And so when you come now into ministry, you know, you have gained something. You know, and something that would help you. It can also be maybe at school. You know, you're out there uh, at school meeting people that are not Christians, interacting with them and so forth. You know, that, uh, that thing is good for you because it helps you. You know, you gain a lot. Amen? That was a short lesson. Yeah. Coming back to our story here. Here is a man. He's out in the world. He's a soldier, and he understands authority. And so he says, if this is how authority works, by, by I just speak a word, you know, go, and he goes. That a person obeys by simply a word, because that word is backed up by authority then definitely, uh, you know, uh, Jesus, since you are under authority of heaven and that you have authority, then whatever you say will happen. I mean, the first thing that he says here, uh, I mean, look at it. This is, after he said that, you know, he says, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word, and my servant will be here. So the first thing after this, he says, I am a man, uh, he says, for I too am a man under authority. So, he's saying that your word, when you speak your word, your word will work because of authority. And so, says because of authority, the word will work. Oh, you want to say? Let's say it then. <laughs> say, because of authority, the word will work. Amen? So the man understood authority. And because he understood authority, he knew that whatever Jesus says will happen. Yeah. And so, church, uh, if we can understand the authority that Jesus has, just like this man understood the authority that Jesus had, if we too can understand and, and receive that authority, I'm telling you that whatever Jesus says, we will just grab, uh, uh, grab it with both hands, knowing that this thing works. So your faith on the way 
will be at a level of the authority that you believe the word has. If you believe the authority that is in the word, your faith on the word will be great. So the reason why people don't believe the word because they don't believe that there is authority behind the word. That's the reason. You see, uh, I, 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 I see this. It's uh, maybe people out there, you know, maybe begging or something. Now, if or asking for assistance or so forth, I, I notice this that if they see you, maybe the way you are dressed, you know, and then in their minds, they think that you don't have anything. Eh? They won't come and ask you for assistance. I don't know whether you have seen that. Yeah. But if they see you well-dressed, eh? yeah. and then uh, only sharp, they look at you. Maybe you're coming out uh, from a car, and then they see the car already. It's like your appearance has, has you know, commanded authority. They look at you and they, they are thinking this person you know has means to help me. And so they will come to you and say, can you please assist me? That's what happens. Yeah. And so now, why do they come to you? Is because they believe that you have the means to do that. If they did not believe you have the means, they would not have come to you. Next time, yeah, dress, <laughs> you know, Trousers or whatever, it's our cheikha, Marie. The from at least here, we are good last thing. You know, and then, shetty cheikha, you know, so, and then, eh? Yeah, Elizabeth, yeah. You know, and then, obosepela. Go to where people are begging and then check how many will come and ask you. No one will come. Because they don't believe you have the means to help them. Eh? We take a suit. You know, we take a suit to retire. Stakose shine. You know, and then 
But anyway, Uncle Chia, you know, Uri Uri Drace, so I'm telling you, they will come. They will come. And, you know, because they believe you have the means to help them. So, what about the other chance? They look at you. They want. Uh, but I say the chance if they believe, if they look at you and they see you, all uh, the in truth. They want, but if they see, oh, oh that one, you can, but they the chance. So, now, what, what is that saying? It's saying that they believe that you have the means to action. Uh, your weight or to help them. They believe that. So, now, we need to believe the weight in the same way. Next week, when I ask, what were we t talking about? Please, don't tell me about shabby men. You know, about, <laughs> eh, about Dromele, the kids at Dromele. You know, please don't tell me about that. I've said all of that to come to this point. And the point is that when you believe the weight, when you believe in the authority of the weight, you will believe the weight. When you, when you, and if your mindset is that the weight has authority, you will believe it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That people who don't believe the weight, they don't believe the weight because they don't think that the weight has authority to do that. So, the Bible says that, uh, talking about Abraham in Romans chapter 4, you know, from verse 17 downward, it says, you know, that Abraham was fully convinced. He was persuaded. So he believed that this thing works. It came to a point whereby he believed that this thing works. And so he believed that what Jesus, what God said, it carries authority. And, you know, that it will happen. Yeah. And so that is where we need to find ourselves. We need to believe the way. You know, that there shouldn't be second thought about the way. But we should know the way it works. And so, the Bible now tells us here that Jesus said that in the whole of Israel, I haven't seen anyone, I haven't found such faith. The man had faith. And he says, I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, 
Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. While the sons of the kingdom. Eh? So remember, the centurion was not a Jew. So he's saying, you know, he's the one who's coming and, and partaking and benefiting from here. He says, the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In other words, eh, yeah. So people will be destroyed because they don't believe the word that is written. And so, verse 13, and the centurion, and to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done to you. Because I am Jesus. Is that what he said? Did he say, go, let it be done to you, because today I favor you. Did he say, go, let it be done to you, because it's your lucky day? No. But what did he say? Go, let it be done for you, as you have believed. Hmm? Believe the way. He says, let it be done to you. Hallelujah. And so, children of God, we have the power, the right to activate the power of God. The weight. We make the weight work by believing the weight. That your, your, your faith in the way should never change. Believe the way that God, this is what it's happening, I believe it. If you have pain in your, in your arm, you believe the weight. Take a scripture. You believe the word, Lord, by your stripes I am healed, for instance. You, know, you believe the word, God, I believe that by your stripes I am healed. I believe that I am the healed of the Lord. And the pain comes. Does, should, should the pain change your confession? No. Yeah. Because... Your faith is not based on the pain, on the presence or the improvement of your condition. It's not what, where you base your faith. You know, but your faith is based on the way. You know, it does not matter whether the pain is there or not. That's, that's not the issue. The, uh, uh, you, you just base your faith on the way. I am here because your word says that by the stripes of Jesus I am here. You know, I, I believe I'm working in divine health. All is well with me. Yeah. And every time you feel pain, let it be a reminder to speak the word. 
So every time you feel the pain, oh, the pain, you know, let it, like, it jacks you. I need to confess the way. You know, pain comes. Lord, I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, I am here. I thank you, Lord, that I'm working in divine health. I thank you, Lord, that my body is functioning perfectly. I thank you, Lord, that the healing power of God is upon me. It is the same spirit, according to Romans 8, that raised Jesus from the dead, that dwells in me. And he quickens, he gives life to this mortal body. So you just speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. And you will be like this centurion, uh, that the seven, you know, will be healed because the word works all the time. Amen? So may we be people that believe the way. If ever there is something that uh, we should be known by, let it be that we are people who believe the way. We believe the way. We believe the way. There is no buts about the way. We believe this is what God says. This is what I believe. I believe I have favor of God. You know, whatever it is. You know, I believe I, I, all my needs are met. You know, I believe I have the wisdom of God. You know, so whatever it is, you believe the way. Let me stress this. You believe the way whether there is an improvement or there is no improvement. Because here is the danger. You know, I, I had Apostle Theo on, on the book of uh, healing, you know, the booklet. Yeah, is this thing that really blessed me? You know, confession says, you know, in one of the confession talks about Irrespective of the the uh, the improvement, yeah, this this way that he mentions that, irrespective of whether I see, you know, I'm I am better. Yeah. Uh, when I pick up the flower, is dead. Yeah, even though it looks like, but it's not that that. Uh, that I, I want that phrase, you know, where he says that, you know, you confess the way, you believe the way, you confess the way, irrespective of whether there is improvement or not. You know why is that? Is because at times when you eh, whether the symptoms are there or not. Yeah. When I look at the symptoms, I'm not in faith. No, it's not. Not in symptoms. So here, here is the temptation. The temptation is when maybe you're believing God for something, and then you see a little bit of improvement, and then what happens? You stop confessing, or you stop believing. 
and that is where Satan now attacks. Yeah. So we, our, our confession and our faith are not based on what we see. Our faith is based on what the word says. When the word says, I am healed, that's it. It's a done deal. I am healed. Because when you look at the symptoms, when you get better, it's now that you get excited. So it means that your, your eyes are on the symptoms, on the, you know, the improvement. It's not on the way. But when your, your eyes are on the way, you get excited when we start to pray. Oh, the way it says I'm healed. Ah, praise God, I'm healed. You know, you don't get excited when things get better. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so, uh, we're trusting God for a job. You get excited after you've prayed. Praise God, I've gotten a new job. I've gotten an, um, a promotion. You get excited then. So whether the interview would or you know, that is immaterial. When you get excited the time you pray. That's how. Yes, you believe you receive when you pray. And so when you receive when you pray, you believe. And then you get excited then. Thank God I've just gotten a new job. When, after, when you, if you're kneeling down, when you stand up, you get excited. I've just gotten a new job. It's a done deal. You don't get excited when they call you for interview. No, that's too late. You get excited when you pray. That's how faith works. Yeah. So when they call you for interview, you know, it will be, oh, yeah. It's only now that you're calling me. You should have called me. Yeah. You don't get excited. Are you with me? You don't tell them. You just think it. Yeah. So when you get there, you get there, you know, you go through. And then when they say, they send you a letter, congratulations, or they call you, congratulations, you have been, Appointed, say thank you. They say, Oh, but he don't look excited. We say, No, I got excited when I asked for a job. Uh, so when they're not particular, that's when I got excited. So all these times I knew that this, this is my job. So uh, it's part of life. You know. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> that's how faith works. You trust in God for money. You get excited when you pray. You get excited. Thank God I receive whatever amount. You get excited. When somebody comes and gives you that money, you don't get excited then. Eh? No. You just pulled yourself together. Now you have, you have used all the excitement during prayer. So this time now I salute you because you spend it there. This time is, ah, that's how it's supposed to be. 
can even blame. Why we eat sour? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, you don't do that. <laughs> so, but do you understand? Is this helping somebody? Yeah. Yeah. So you act because you receive when you pray, and so you get excited that you you are happy that, and you know it's a done deal then. When you pray, that's a done. That's when it becomes a done deal. When you pray, it is settled in prayer. That's what faith is. You believe because you know that it's working. You know, it's working. Hallelujah. And so when you do that, you know you you will see really the word working every time. Let's say you have prayed. You believe God. They call you for interview, and then from there, they say your, your interview uh, was not successful. Are you going to be sad? Now, when you're sad, it means your eyes were on the interview. Your eyes were not on the way. Your eyes are not on the way. So, that's why you don't look at whether things are good or down. It does not affect you. Even if they come and say, we are sorry to tell you that the interview was not successful. You don't get eh, scream or you know depression or not the spring or you don't do that. Yeah. But you just know that my eyes were not on the inter my eyes were on the weight. When I pray, I believe the way. So you hold on. That is what we call hold on to the confession of your faith. You hold on to it, whether or whether you hold on to what you believe. This is what I believe. It's a done deal. You know, so whatever happens out there, it's immaterial. Whether there is a pain coming or there is, it's immaterial. I am holding on to what the word says. The word says, I am healed. That's it, I am healed. Hallelujah. And so you will see God waking in every situation. That's how faith works. Did you gain something today? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's say this together. Father God, I thank you for your way. I thank you for teaching me your way. I thank you, God, that I am the doer of the way. I am not only the hearer, but I do your way. Because I believe your way. I believe in the authority that your word carries. And because I believe in that, I act as if the word is true. And yes, the word is true. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've seen.